What is going on, all you constant listeners out there in the multiverse? I hope you are doing very well um, today on Sunday, June the 7th. This is a special segment that I'm doing. Normally, I don't do segments like these. I'm not really into talking a whole lot about social issues, but due to the events that have unfolded for the past couple of weeks, even this past year, I felt like I've had to say something. Because... I mean, it's just, it's, this is something that I need to address. I felt that I should address it. I, like all of you, constant listeners, I've read and I've seen the news involving what happened in Minneapolis, Minnesota, with George Floyd and the police officer, um, Derek Chauvin. And it's really, it's, it's really sad what happened to George Floyd. And the fact that, the thing is, it's really sad because this man didn't have to die despite what he did, okay, to deserve the arrest. He didn't have to die. That's the thing. He didn't have to die. He didn't have to have some police officer ram or put his knee on his neck and kill him. That didn't have to happen. But it did. And because of that, there are all these riots going on right now. There are all these protests, some peaceful, some dangerous. And it's a clash between protester and police officer alike. And you hear a lot of news going, you hear a lot of news stories going on right now of the police officers brutalizing these protesters. And you hear another story too of some of the protesters looting small businesses. And as I'm reading all of this, I can't help but be reminded of the comic Green Lantern, Green Arrow number 76, which was written by Dennis O'Neill and drawn by Neil Adams. And for those of you who are huge comic book fans, and especially for those of you who are huge Green Lantern fans, you would know that there was a famous panel that was written in Green Lantern, Green Arrow number 76. And it shows a elderly black man confronting Hal Jordan Green Lantern. And when he comes up to him, he says this, and I quote, I've been reading about you, how you work for the blue skins and how you on a planet someplace, you helped out the orange skins and you've done considerable for the purple skins, only for the skins you never bothered with the black skins. I want to know how come answer me that Mr. Green Lantern. And as Green Lantern, Hal Jordan is looking down just completely you know just completely shocked you know at the wise words coming from this man the wise questioning he just comments i can't and this panel clearly shows how oblivious or how unaware that green lantern is of the everyday struggles of minorities or people of color now, Green Lantern is an intergalactic police officer who's aimed at protecting Sector 2814, which has the planet Earth. So our, our planet Earth is on Sector 2814 in the known galaxy, and that he's, no, he's tasked with safeguarding the galaxy, helping out all sentient beings. And yet he's oblivious to the evil going on on Earth, and that evil that's staring him bright in the face and that's the evil of racism and prejudice that is fueled by a lot of things now 
the United States of America has been, you know, this country ever since our birth, we've been, we've had a, we have, we have like a really amazing, you know, it's amazing how our nation was founded, but then there's also a dark side to it that we have to acknowledge. And one of the, one of the parts of that dark side is racism, how we've treated people of color, especially the African-Americans. And I, as an African-American myself, understand this. And I've read it, I've read in the history books too, of the lynchings of slavery, of segregation. I mean, all sorts of evil. And it's just, yeah. And it's just a reminder of that, of what this black man brought up to Green Lantern. Now there's a part in the comic also where the Green Lantern or Hal Jordan is reciting the Green Lantern core oath in brightest day in blackest night, no evil shall escape my sight. Then he stops there. And that's when it hits him. He's like, and that's when it really hits him because there's a part in the comic where he is reciting that, um, that famous oath, that, that amazing oath before he's going to visit the landlord that he actually in the beginning of the comic just rescued, but turned out to actually be causing the problem of the minorities that are living in his tenant. And that's when that famous scene from the panel comes. So Kyle Jordan comments, how often, and I quote, how often have I made that vow until today? I believed what I was saying. But evil was all around me, disguised as a familiar everyday persons and places. I've lived this long without learning that bad does not have to be a big-eyed monster or a mad scientist, nor is it always hidden. That penthouse is pretty visible. So that's the penthouse of the landlord that he rescued, the landlord that was mistreating the minorities living in that tenement. And he says too, if Green Arrow is right, it houses corruption because Green Lant Green Arrow told his buddy Green Lantern that there's a lesson you need to be you need to learn that it's not always black and white, and it's a lot like today too, ladies and gentlemen. I mean, with everything that's going on, it's not always black and white because let's face it, George Floyd may very well have committed a crime, but get this: just because he committed a crime, and it's also because he even got arrested, doesn't mean that he needs to be treated any further than that. He didn't have to, like I said, have a knee pressed on his neck. And so after Green Lantern recites the oath and goes to confront the landlord that he just rescued to try to appeal to his humanity, this does, you know, he, he tries to do this, so, but this doesn't work out. And before um, GL could beat the living crap out of this guy, and by the way, the landlord's name is Jubal Slade, he is summoned by the guardians of the of the universe, the Blueskins, as the Black Man said earlier. They're the guardians of the universe, and he is basically court-martialed um, because they're saying that this man did not commit any crime, and they basically put him on sort of a probation and have him doing work to divert meteors away from. I believe it's a planet Jupiter, but basically, how Jordan. Um, disobeys the order and goes back to Earth where he feels he's needed to confront this rather social ill. And while while that's happening, even Green Green Arrow tries to appeal to the landlord, but tries to appeal to the landlord's wealth to try to help out the tenement. But he also fails too. 
but ultimately um they both realize that uh, they have to they, they ultimately they both are able to thwart the landlord with the help of their district attorney and despite a mission accomplished um they are they are resummoned back to the guardians of the universe and into the planet Oa, where the Guardians are placed. So where that's basically Green Lantern, the Green Lantern Corps headquarters. And while Hal Jordan's being reprimanded by the Guardians of the of the universe, Green Arrow confronts the Guardians, and he says, "Listen, forget about chasing around the galaxy, and remember America. It is a good country, beautiful, fertile, and terribly sick. There are children dying." Honest people cowering in the fear, disillusioned kids ripping up campuses. On the streets of Memphis, a good black man died. And in Los Angeles, a good white man fell. Something is wrong. Something is killing us all. Something hideous, some hideous moral cancer is rotting at our very souls. And you look at the panel too, and you do see behind Green, Green Arrow um, a drawing of Martin Luther King and Robert F. Kennedy. And you, he points to the guardians of the universe, sitting on your mud ball, preening like a smug tomcat. How dare you presume to meddle in the affairs of humanity when human beings are no more than statistics to you and your crew? Then the guardian asks him, how would you advise us? The Green Lantern responds, that's easy. Come off your perch, touch, taste, laugh, and cry. Learn where we're at and why. I feel there is wisdom in your words, the Guardian responds. And as a result, it com the comic book, the narrator says that there is wisdom for a week. The Galactic Immortals argue and debate. Finally, one of their number is chosen to leave Oa, disguised as an Earth mortal. He appears in Hal Jordan's hotel room. Green Lantern of Earth, the Guardian tells him, I have a proposition for you. It seems a bit silly to be traveling in this. So, well, actually, sorry about that. Um, then on a clear and chilly day, chilly bright day with the promise of spring, Hal Jordan comments, it seems a bit silly to travel in this old heap of old heap Oliver Queen. I could switch to a Green Lantern and fly us. Then Green Lantern says, uh-uh, pal, we're going to play it strictly human, remember? There's a fine country out there, someplace, someplace. Let's go find it. So the three set off together, moving through the cities and villages and the majesty of the wilderness, searching for a special kind of truth, searching for themselves. And that is, that is a really powerful, that was toward the end of the comic too. Very powerful. And there's a reason why this comic today is relevant. And I mentioned before, it, it reminds me of what happened to George Floyd. It, it's, it also reminds me of the Black Lives Matter movement and the pro the protests going on, you know, and it comes to show that I even went to church and we kind of talked about this too, and we all came to an agreement that every life, whether it's black, white, yellow, brown, red, whatever, every life, every life, every life matters. You know, every life matters. No matter no matter what, every life matters. And we acknowledge that blacks, you know, the black community has has gone through a lot of his, you know, have has gone has gone through a lot historically. I mean, from slavery to lynching to segregation, all the terrible things. And 
you know, there's, 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 you know, there's other stories too about where other minorities have gone through similar, you know, just have gone through more horrendous stuff as well. And other, other minorities have gone through horrendous stuff as well. We, and, you know, personally for me as a black, as an African-American man of mixed race, I've experienced racism, especially most prominently back in high school. And there's one of the stories I could tell you. It was when I was um, running my bike on the way back home from a friend's house. I was riding, I was riding my bike back in Mara Mesa in San Diego, California. Really awesome community, by the way. Very diverse. And as I was riding my back home, and around around this time, I was actually participate. I was actually participating in ROTC, and I ran to. I actually saw two two people that I knew from my ROTC class. And they called me the N-word. And it was two, it was two Filipino boys, too. Two, two Filipino boys. And I, I hit the brakes on my bike and I just looked at them and in shock. And I tried to play it off as if, like, okay, you guys are just joking. But deep down, I was hurt. And those two just looked at me and just laughed, like as if it was funny. But I knew deep down it wasn't funny. It was almost like, how dare you? So that was like my first, actually my first um, real taste of racism. I, and I think actually another time I experienced racism was really early in my youth when a neighboring a neighborhood um, kid that I was acquainted with called me black person. But to be called the N word, that was a real kick to the gut. It was like a low blow. And then the second time in high school that I experienced racism was within a group of friends when a white dude openly called me the N word along with this girl. And this is just, what's up? And he just said, what's up N word just casually. And I just looked at him. I'm like, what the heck? And I was shocked. Like, what did I do to deserve to be called that? But regardless of what I did, even it's just that that's wrong. Like I would not, you know, I, yeah, I would not, I wouldn't call you the, the, you know, a, a slur based on your race. Why would you call me that? So I was pretty shocked. And that was like my first, that was like actually my first taste of racism. And it was a really terrible taste. But, you know, one of my few runs with racism. But at the same time, like Hal Jordan, I do not really, I did not really understand. And I do not, and I do not really understand the struggles that, nor have I really experienced the many struggles that most African-Americans have to go through on a daily basis. I never grew up in an African-American neighborhood. I mean, like I said, I lived in Mara Mesa, San Diego. I lived actually in between Mara Mesa, uh, Marietta, California in Riverside, and Marina Del Rey in Los Angeles, California. So I never really quite, you know, I never really lived in a black neighborhood. So I never really understood the everyday struggles that black men and women have to go through. But as someone who is of, you know, as, as an American, I do understand that, you know, especially someone who's mixed race, I understand that. And I've been raised to, and I've also been raised too, to believe that we are all Americans. And as Americans, we can be better. We can be so much better instead of calling each other names just because of bigotry or, you know what I mean? Just because of like really stupid stuff like bigotry. And the thing is, my dad came to this country from Nigeria and married my mom, who is a white American from Maine. 
you know, of Irish descent and German and French. And although they are not together anymore, I mean, their union is proof that um, all lives do matter. Whether again, whether it's black, white, red, brown, yellow, and you know, it just comes to show that America, like Green Arrow said, is a good country, beautiful, fertile, but it's terribly sick. And I think even go, I think even it goes beyond racism because I think this is just a hate issue. It's just you know, someone, it's sick, you know, first of all, our country's sick because both sides, protesters and police officers alike are being played, I think. You know, races are, everyone's being played. Someone, in my opinion, wants to pit one person against one another and destroy what this country is really all about. And what this country is really all about is people come together, that all men and women are created equal under God. And as a Christian, I understand that. So America, like Ollie said, is a good country. It's beautiful, it's fertile, and it's terribly sick. Ollie being Green Arrow. And I believe that it's sick, especially right now, because both sides are, you know, protesters and police officers alike are being played. Someone, somebody, or something wants to pit them against one another, wants to pit us against each other and destroy what this country is really all about. And because of that, um, because of that sentiment, because of that, because of like what, you know, the what, you know, whatever is causing this wants to do, the husband of one of my friends, my college friends from InterVarsity Christian Fellowship ended up getting hurt in the process in a, in, during the protests in San Jose, California. And what happened was just that a police officer shot the husband in the groin area and because of that, he had to go in for an emergency procedure. And the doctors basically told him that they're very uncertain if he'll ever have children. And my friend was very devastated by hearing hearing about that. Very devastated. And this is a man. Okay, her husband was a gentleman, really nice guy, who is a community organizer aimed at aimed at helping the community. That's all he wants, that's all he ever wanted to do. And while he was doing his mission, trying to quell the protest, trying to calm both sides down, a police officer had the audacity to fire a rubber bullet right in his groin area. You know, I mean, that, that just comes to show of what this whole, this whole stigma is doing and why we need to find a way to stop it. And when he was being interviewed... I remember that he said that he had a sign. He held a sign in these protests saying that we are all worthy of life, and that's what all. And that's what Green Arrow was trying to teach Green Lantern, and that's what I'm trying to tell you, constant listeners. And that's what the, the significance of this comic is. I feel is just that we are all worthy of life, whether we're black, white, brown, yellow, red. We are all worthy of life. We are worthy of life because there is um, there is no need for the police to overutilize their authority by hurting protesters or journalists who are trying to do their jobs by reporting the news. There's no need to hurt anybody. But at the same time, there's also no need for protesters to loot small businesses to the point where the, live, the lives that worked hard for those, small business, for those small businesses are ruined. There's no need for that. And George Floyd would not want 
would not want to, you know, he would not want, he wouldn't want any of this. He, you know, George Floyd would not want any of this in his name. He would not want anybody, man, woman, or child to get hurt in his name. So what that cop, Derek Chauvin, did, and his, you know, the fellow police officers that watched him do it, that watched him put his knee on George Floyd's neck, what they did was bad enough, and they're going to get what's coming to them. And hopefully they can reflect back at what they did and learn, learn that what they did was wrong. And I pray that we forgive them and that we heal as a country by loving one another and dreaming and working toward a better tomorrow. A better tomorrow as envisioned by Dr. Martin Luther King, Rosa Parks, Frederick Douglass, Jackie Robinson, a personal hero of mine. And it's like Stanley once said, bigotry and racism are among the deadliest social ills plaguing the world today. And that can't, that can't be any more truer than it is today. And Stan Lee even said in his um, soapbox, um, which is one of the messages that he puts in his comics. Now, we're not trying to say it's unreasonable for one human being to bug another. But although anyone, anyone has the right to dislike another individual, it's totally irrational, patently insane to condemn an entire race, to despise an entire nation, to vilify an entire religion. Sooner or later, we must learn to judge each other by our, on our own merits. Sooner or later, if a man is ever to be worthy of his destiny, we must fill our hearts with tolerance. For then, and only then, we will be truly worthy of the concept that man was created in the image of God and God who calls us all his children. You know, I mean, again, like that's, that's pure wisdom right there. Like instead of judging people by the color of their skin or by their religion or where they came from, we definitely, we, you know, we should at least judge people or at most, I should say, we should only judge people by their merits, by their character. That's, that's, that's bottom line. And that's why I hope that we learn from all this. It's just that we can't, you know, it's not a black versus white thing. It's not really, it's, it's not that it's not, it's, it's basically, it's more of a, it's more of a character thing. It's more of a justice thing. And the protesters, I understand where they're coming from. I understand why they're angry because what happened was unjust. What happened was wrong. What happened was just that a man, a, a black man, regardless of what he did, didn't have to die. Any, no, no one, you know, I mean, he didn't have to die. It didn't have to happen. And this was a man who was, a, he was going to be a, a husband. You know, he was a father. And like I said, regardless of what he did, I mean, he could have done any crime, but he didn't, he didn't have to be, that didn't have to happen. And the cop who did it, Hopefully, he's going to have to live with that for the rest of his life. He's going to have to live with the rest of his life for the fact that he killed a man on the line of duty when he was sworn to serve and protect, not to serve and kill. That's not a cop's job. But also, too, at the same time, protests should be peaceful. They shouldn't have to be to the point where businesses get looted. There's no, there's no justification for that. Just as much as note, there's no justification for a man getting killed by a police officer. There's also no justification for ruining someone's business business. We should be supporting one another as a community 
And that's what dreaming and fighting and working for a better tomorrow looks like. And by the way, for those of you who don't know, a better tomorrow comes from Superman. It comes from the House of L. And it's one of the House of L's mantras of hope in the Superman mythos. And I believe that we as Americans can fight for a better tomorrow. So that's going to wrap it up for this special segment for the Earth-16 Comics Wire podcast. And on No Evil Shall Escape My Sight, Green Lantern, Green Arrow number 76, as written by Dennis O'Neill and illustrated by Neil Adams. If you um, like, if you want to follow me on Twitter, you can on the Earth-16 podcast. You can also follow me on Instagram at Earth-16Comics. Um, so... Yeah, so I just wanted to end it off um, by the message and by with this message, and it seems a little impromptu, but it's just thought this is something I thought I would talk about. I mean, I rarely talk about politics or anything um, super serious, so but this is just one of those times. Um, but this is why I want to bring up, and I hope you all got my message, and that I love you all. Um, I believe that everyone's life matters, um, whether you're black, white, brown, Asian or yellow or red. I love all of you. I love all of you constant listeners. I just want to give you this message of love and that I'm with you. I support you. So as I always say, thank you all for listening and remember to dream, work, and fight for a better tomorrow. This is Brian from Earth 16 signing out.